I get so many messages from people that were like, I literally used to never, ever, ever cook and I thought it was out of my reach and, and, and I didn't think I'd be able to do it. But you've made these recipes so easy and so accessible that, that, that I'm cooking all the time. Welcome to Who Says You Can't, the podcast from EE that celebrates those who fly in the face of convention. I'm Rick Edwards and I'm meeting with inspiring individuals who took You Can't Do That as a challenge and found a way to do it anyway. Speaking of which, how much do you think it costs to make a great meal? Fiver? Tenner? How about a pound? Today's guest is Miguel Barkley, who's on a mission to prove that you really can make delicious meals that cost just one pound per person. Hello, Miguel. How are you? Uh, yeah, really good, thank you. Uh, thanks very much for coming in to talk to us about your cooking adventures. Um, when did the idea for One Pound Meals first start, and why did it start? Well, it, strangely, it was just this little game I used to play at home. So um, I used to sit at work with a spreadsheet out, and then I used to plan what to buy on the way home to cook a meal that added up to a pound. Uh, and it was really just a game I used to play sort of, I don't know, against myself um, to see what I could cook for a pound that day. So why one pound then? It's, it sounded good and it gave me enough of a challenge that it wasn't easy. Instinctively, you think it can't be done. Yeah. But I had a sneaking suspicion that it could. So this was when I very, very first started. Um, but it was just basically a way of skiving off at work. But, but you never had any ambition at the start to turn it into something more. No, no, not at all. Uh, in fact, I don't think I ever really told anyone about this game I used to play at home by myself. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best way with those kind of games. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, what's, the, what's the trickiest part of catering for a pound a head? The trickiest part is probably using leftovers. Like, not cooked leftovers, but leftover ingredients. So if I'm going to cook for a quid, you've got to buy, I don't know, like six or seven chicken thighs um, and then you probably have two each. So you're going to have some left over. So then it opens up a whole new game <laughs> of what can you make for a quid using those leftover chicken thighs. And so what's your culinary background then? Well, I used to, uh, when I was doing my uh, my GCSEs, my A-levels and my degree, uh, I used to work for this like weird temp agency and uh, they used to send me out as a pot washer. So I used to go to all the different kitchens uh, and just wash pots for them. And it was great because I got to see all these different kitchens. I got to taste all this lovely food and then I got to see how it was prepared. And obviously, because I wasn't an actual chef, it meant that the pressure wasn't on. So I could just daydream and look at people. Because if the, if the pots aren't washed, no one's going to scream at me. Um, so I just used to poke my nose in and see what people were doing. It's interesting because I, I did a bit of um, kitchen portering. And when I didn't wash up, I did get screamed at. <laughs> <laughs> you got to stay on top of the big items. If, when yeah. they see the big items piling up, then they're going to scream at you. But um, the knives and forks, you just put them under the, under the, the water level and no one can see and them. Do you know what? I never realised that. If only I'd realised that, get the pans washed. Yeah. Uh, so were you... Were you cooking then? Were you a king cook when you were a kid? No, I, I was interested in it uh, and I was fascinated by it, but I didn't really cook that much until probably when I got back from university. Um, so even at university, I wasn't cooking that much and all the golden rules that I've got, I was breaking them all at university. Um, but I think to understand how to do it, you've got to have done it wrong in the first place. So you've got to be correcting yourself to yeah. understand how to teach others to do it. So it all worked out nice. So what are your golden rules then? Oh, golden rules? Um, well, firstly, no pre-prepared sauces. Um, so if you're going to get a, a jar of um, pasta sauce, 
you might as well just cook it yourself. So you get a, like a tin of tomatoes, some garlic, uh, maybe a bit of oregano, and you make your own sauce. And, and it comes in at a fraction of the cost. So when I was at university, sometimes I used to pick up a jar of sauce, mix it with some pasta, and I was probably spending about three, four quid on a dish that I could make myself for, for 20p. Yeah, and the whole time lining Lloyd Grossman's pockets. God, yeah, I didn't know if we were allowed to mention brand names, but yeah, Lloyd. <laughs> Lloyd's absolutely killing it out there. Yeah. <laughs> and all because we're too lazy to make our own. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How have your takes on classic meals gone down with, with purists, with kind of, you know, like trained chefs? Oh, God, well... The one that really springs to mind is this uh, paella that I made. Mm-hmm. So uh, I put chorizo in my paella, but uh, people in Spain are like really anti-chorizo oh, in paella. Right, so yeah, I had my grandma in Spain, took one look at it because I showed her my cookbook. I was like, oh, what do you think of this paella? She was like, what? That's not paella. That's just rice with stuff in it. <laughs> <laughs> she actually said that to me. Um, I'm so proud of you, Miguel, but also, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> what's this? <laughs> yeah. So a lot of people do get upset. But at the end of the day, I prefer paella with chorizo in it. And the reason why I used it was because... Um, it sort of releases these like paprika infused oils that flavor the rice. You've got to make each ingredient work doubly as hard if you're using less ingredients. And chorizo is one of those ingredients that does about five or six jobs. Um, so it, that's what transformed this dish into being a lovely dish. Uh, but it just so happens that uh, <laughs> some people are. The Spanish people don't agree. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so do you think that not having a kind of formal culinary education is actually being a help then? Oh, 100%, because I'm breaking all the rules. Um, I mean, I make breads and pizza bases. Um, I can use self-raising flour and stuff like that. But if you go to, I don't know, someone that that really takes naan bread seriously, then they'll be like, no, you can't make naan bread with self-raising flour, which is correct, you can't. But my version of a naan bread takes a fraction of the time uh, and, and costs a fraction of the money. So... I'm able to break these rules. Basically, I'm discovering how to make stuff myself. That's mm. probably what it is the most, um, is that I don't know how to make naan bread. So I'm just going to throw a few things in and see what comes out. Uh, whereas if I'd been formally trained how to make naan bread, then there's no way I would even attempt it with self-raising flour. Or if you had an Indian grandma. Yeah, oh, she'd God, she'd like... probably slap me in the face <laughs> with the naan bread, yeah. <laughs> uh, did you come across a lot of people initially who said to you, you, you can't do this, like you're not going to be able to make... Yeah. Decent meals on this amount of money. Oh, 100%. Um, there were a lot of people that, that just couldn't fathom the fact that you could make a meal for a pound. And, and still there are. Um, and I think part of the reason behind it is that you can't buy any meals for a pound. Like you go to a shop and there is zero that costs a pound that is a complete meal. And the reason is, is because you've got to buy the individual items and put it together yourself. But that's something that your own imagination has to put the pieces to the puzzle with that one um so people just aren't used to to the fact that you can eat so cheaply because they see a microwave lasagna costing six quid and they just assume that all lasagnas cost six quid but you can make a lasagna for a pound i I guess as well there's a there's a kind of myth out there that if you don't have much money the cheapest way you can eat is by getting those microwave meals for like one pound fifty. One hundred percent, yeah. So what it is, there's a, there's a sweet spot. If you want to spend four quid on a meal, then uh, you have all of these ready meals there and that's probably the most convenient way to, to, to eat for four quid. But 
When you drop down to, to a quid, you can't get any of those meals, so you're forced to buy a tin of tomatoes and a bulb of garlic uh, and some pasta and, 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 and maybe some bacon or some chorizo to make like a cool little bolognese. It's uh, a little bit sort of unusual. Um, but yeah, yeah, definitely. And is this partly about food waste for you as well? I'm interested in what you're saying about if you've, if you've bought some stuff and using leftovers because so much of you know what we throw away in, in this country and, and around the world is food waste because we're not great at using leftovers. Yeah, I mean, I, I have a slightly different philosophy to most. So I get my joy out of using leftover ingredients. And leftover ingredients differ from leftover cooked food. Yes. So I would prefer to make the perfect portion for two, eat it, and then have the ingredients uncooked raw in the fridge. And then it means tomorrow I can make another meal using those ingredients. But that's because I love cooking so much. Um, but a lot of people, when they talk about leftovers, they will make this meal for four, eat two portions tonight, and then put the cooked meal in the fridge and then reheat it the next day, um, which is a great way to save money. But I am so thirsty to cook that I just feel annoyed that I've already cooked it. I went... <laughs> What am I going to do today? Yeah, basically, yeah. What game am I going to play with myself? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah, there's, there's two ways. There's two leftover things, basically. Leftover cooked food, leftover raw food. Uh, and, and, and I get so much joy out of leftover raw food and, and not as much joy out of leftover cooked food. So you've been doing this for a few years now and you've had, well, three cookbooks out already. New one is out now, the, the vegan one. Yeah, so vegan one pound meals is the newest one. You're not a vegan yourself. No, 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 no. But I started eating more vegan food, and I'm really getting into it. Um, so I probably do vegan. I don't know, two, three nights a week. And I tell you what, it does, does make you feel good. Like, yeah, do you, do you feel a bit smug? Yeah, <laughs> I always feel smug when I eat vegan, and I feel like I want to tell everyone about it. But yeah, yeah, I, that's obligatory. Yeah. But no, I, I really do feel a lot healthier. Um, but I, I do have a love for stuff like lasagna. Um, so I don't know if I'd ever go fully vegan, um, but I mean, I've already phased milk out of my life. Uh, I'm now on the on the oat milk, uh, which, which I just absolutely love. Um, so slowly I'm, I'm, I'm changing my lifestyle. But um, as a chef and, and someone that likes to explore food, um, I don't really want to limit myself. And as you've released these books, have you noticed a change in people's attitudes to what you're doing? Are less people saying you can't make a meal for a pound? Oh, definitely, definitely. Um, at the beginning, uh, there were a lot of people who who said that. Then the book came out, and then they were like, "Yeah, that's all very well. So that's a hundred recipes for a quid." But I think I don't. I think the journey is going to stop here for you. <laughs> and then I was like, "No, no, no! I've got more books." Um, so then I was doing. So basically, I've done a book every six months, which is a hell of a right. Yeah, it's. Uh, it is, and it is tough work. Every book you do, you basically live like a hermit for a couple of months and sort of get it done. But yeah, every book I do, it opens people's eyes more. And now people are realising there's almost an unlimited number of meals that can be made for a pound. Uh, and are you cooking everything at home? Are you developing everything at home? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I um, I do all the recipe testing at home. So I come up with a recipe uh, and I just write it down. But it's like a, a headline recipe. So it would be like, I don't know, I want to try and do a lobster thermidor for a quid. So I write that down and then I write a couple of notes, like maybe, oh, instead of lobster, I'm going to use aubergine. And then instead of a lobster shell, I'm going to scoop out the aubergine and have the aubergine 
carcass and and refill it blah, blah, blah. that would just be a little note on on i write them on my phone yeah. uh, and then when it's time to do a book uh, the publisher will say right uh, time to do a book what, what, what shall the theme be and then i go to my phone and everything that sort of fits in with the theme i start cooking all these meals and when i've got a hundred of them uh we look at them and then we're like yeah this one yeah 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 uh, and then I cook them for real, and then a photographer comes around, photographs them, uh, and then basically the book's done. And that's actually quite unusual that you're cooking them for real, because normally they just get someone else to come and do it, don't they? Yeah, that was uh, partly my own fault, because I didn't quite understand when the, when the publisher was saying, look, you can have a food stylist and a, and a, and a home ec person, and, and they'll cook it for you, and then you can have a prop stylist. And I just thought that they thought that I couldn't do it. So <laughs> I was like, no, 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 I can do it, I can do it. I've done it before. I pro- yeah, I promise you, I can do it. Uh, and, uh, and then they were like, all right, cool, do it all yourself then. Um, and I thought, yeah, that means that, that they believe in me. But the fact, like... The thing is, is that all They believe in all the money they've saved. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so all cookbooks have uh, food stylists and prop stylists and, and, and home economists. Um, but I just didn't realise because I'm not from the industry. But it's actually done me a favour because my food looks a little bit more home cooked, a little bit more rustic. And then people look at it and then they're like, oh, I could totally imagine myself cooking that. Whereas if a real food stylist had done it, they'd be like, oh, this is out of my reach. I t- I, I've got to say, genuinely, flicking through your books... That was the first thing that I thought, which is sometimes cookbooks are quite intimidating. In yeah. what, however closely you follow the ingredient <laughs> and the recipe, you, it comes out and you're like, oh, well, that's not what it looked like. Yeah. Whereas your stuff, and this is in, in nothing but a compliment, I kind of go, I might be able to do that. Yeah. I think I might be able to achieve that, which makes me feel good. Yeah, that's the main thing about One Pound Meals, is that you're supposed to be able to look at it and be like, I could totally imagine making that tonight. So is your process, when you're coming up with a recipe, that you look at something that exists, like Lobster Thermidor, and then you try and figure out the way to do it? Yeah. I've obviously, got... getting rid of lobster is quite key there. Yeah, yeah. I've got, I've got three or four little tactics. So... Uh, for book one, it was more finding classic recipes and reworking them. Mm-hmm. But then as book two and book three came, I was actually able to come up with my own recipes, uh, which was quite cool. So stuff that, that I'd never seen before. So that's probably, I don't know, 25% of my recipes are just stuff that I've invented that I yeah. think would be quite cool and would work. Um, but yeah, I, I, I eat out quite a lot. So I, I take a lot of inspiration from the menus that I see. Uh, and I just really daydream about food all day. So something like Lobster Thermidor in one of the books, I make it with prawns. Uh, like frozen prawns yeah. uh, to to replicate the bits of lobster meat, but yeah, it's uh, like, my inspiration comes from different different sort of places. Uh, it's a bit weird. Have you challenged other established chefs to try and cook for a pound? So what I do is I do this one pound meal challenge. So when like a famous chef has a cookbook that comes out, I'll invite them round and then we'll sit down together and we'll we'll sort of pick one of the recipes and try and do it for a quid. Uh, and 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 it's not as difficult as you think substitute a few ingredients the, the the most difficult thing is most chefs like fresh herbs to sprinkle over the top so mm. straight away that's out so, so what do you use in, instead of the things that are too expensive so for the herbs you just use dried herbs yeah no, normally dried uh, or i just take them out altogether. Mm-hmm. and again that's another reason why people can totally imagine themselves cooking it yeah because the, the the list of ingredients is so short um and then a lot of substitutions so oh i did I can't remember what it was. I did a Gizzy Erskine recipe and I substituted something and I put uh, spring onion. I think I substituted leeks for spring onions. Yeah, good. 
<laughs> but you know what? It's a slightly different flavour, but it's more accessible. If you had to go out and buy a load of leeks for a tiny little part of a recipe, you probably wouldn't bother. But if you had to just pick up some spring onions, you'd be like, yeah, all right, get some spring onions and put those in. Lighter as well. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah stick those in my pocket. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I can't don't, be wandering around with a leak in my pocket. Don't need a carrier bag, yeah, saving the environment. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, how quickly can you come up with a recipe if you just if you just see like a selection of food, sort of ready steady cook style? Oh yeah, are you immediately like, oh yeah, I do this, this, this? That's the, the the way that my brain works. Like if you just mention something like I don't know, like a whatever you had for dinner last night. So I had uh, a delicious lamb kebab. Oh, okay. So straight away, I'm thinking you go with minced lamb. So you okay. probably had the cubes of lamb on a skewer, but I, I would. I, I, it was Donna, actually. Oh no! <laughs> yeah. But okay. yeah, okay. So you're going so, minced so lamb. Straight away, you go with minced lamb, which yeah. is a lot, lot cheaper. I'd probably mix it with a little bit of paprika, a little bit of cumin, a little bit of garlic, and then I'd make it into like a mush, and then I would put it round maybe a skewer or two skewers because I want it to balance and then I'd get like a, a, a tray in the oven and I'd have the chunk of meat in the middle balancing on two skewers that are skewered through the middle and then maybe turn it over every five minutes. Maybe I'd cook it with the, with the grill, maybe put the grill on a, a medium to low and then just keep turning it uh, every so often and you could probably get a decent donna that way. And then Love it. Yeah, you're going to need bread though. So I'd make your own bread, bread. Uh, and I would just, just flour... Uh, water, a little bit of salt, uh, mix it into a dough, flatten it out, and then just cook that on a frying pan uh, with no oil, and then a little bit of salad. Sweet. And that is an actual one-pound meal. Like, that would cost a pound. And so uh, do you allow yourself things like paprika, like certain things that you just have in that you don't have to buy specifically for the meal? The, the way that I cost it up is if a whole jar of paprika cost a quid yeah. and I used a, a tenth of it, and okay, it would yeah, charge fine. it 10p. Fine, fine, fine. You can buy like a kilogram of paprika for like, I don't know, three quid. Then then it's it's pennies, absolute pennies. I've got quite a funny image of what your kitchen looks like. <laughs> Just yeah. sacks and sacks of herbs. I, I, I've got addicted to kilner jars. You know, those glass ones with the with the clip down lid. So yeah. um, Welcome I, to my world. My wife loves them. <laughs> I mean, I, I can't move for the things. Yeah, they are the, they are the future. If you want to get, <laughs> if you want to not waste food, you get yourself some kilner jars. Yeah. and line them all up. This is, look, I mean, my wife is 100% with you on that. <laughs> She's got the little, um, I don't know what those, you know the, the little machines? Oh, the that Dymo. You can, uh, yeah, yeah, those. Oh, I'll tell you what that's I the do. labels everything, has the sell-by date on the back. Oh, that's taking it a step, I, a step I, too I agree. far. I yeah. agree. <laughs> um, no, what I do is I cut out a tiny bit of the packet so if it's if it's like then, a, yes. a basmati rice, I want to know that I'm buying the same basmati rice because I'm going to mix it together mm -hmm. when it's almost gone. So I cut out a little bit of the packet that shows what the brand of the basmati rice is and that it's basmati rice and just pop it on the top. That's clever, actually. I yeah, like it. well, I yeah. don't have access to a label printer. Well, come, come and borrow mine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but in fact, have it. Please have it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'll keep this super fast, just like EE's 4G. Thank you. You're listening to Who Says You Can't, brought to you by EE, the UK's fastest network, and me, Rick Edwards, I assume because Kevin Bacon was busy. Ready for part two? Let's get back to it. So if I show you... Hang on, I'm going to show you a photo... Yeah. Uh, ..of the interior. I oh, know you've just done it with the kebab. I'm going to show you a photo of the inside of my fridge currently. Oh, a fridge challenge. So, eggs. You've got a lot of eggs. Love eggs. 
Um, Sorry, vegans. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so straight away I can see that you've got some. Uh, you've got a red and an orange and a and a red pepper in there. Mm-hmm. So quite a cool thing to do would be to do a stuffed pepper. Yeah. And then what you could do is you got you got some greens and some veg in there. I think you have got some kale and some carrot. Of course, I've got some kale. <laughs> yeah. I'm a member of the metropolitan elite. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I would I would sort of fry those together, um, stuff it inside cook that and then maybe crack an egg on top um, and then stick that in the oven and then you'll have like almost like the egg would be like a lid on it yeah and as long as you don't fill it too much it would just be nice and the, and the, and the yolk will bulge out over the top and it will look quite cool and how much would that cost me do you reckon oh that nothing would, yeah, that's probably less than a quid isn't it 70 70 p but then it leaves you uh, money to get the rice because you need that's a dish that needs rice with it so you'd have rice and then the uh, and the pepper in it uh, and when you go out to eat say you eat out a lot yeah are you always sort of compulsively thinking could i do it could oh, i do this yeah well, i do it to every item in the menu so yeah. i literally just take the menu and i just be there daydreaming for 10 minutes going through each and every item do, do you think about the fact that it's quite surprising that you so we were we were chatting earlier you did a science degree yeah a biochemistry degree and you've ended up here like people wouldn't have thought that was how your life was going to pan out. No, it, it, I sort of had to come up with something after the science because I, I wasn't very good at it. Uh, oh, that's a problem. Yeah. So what what did you do next? You didn't go straight to the cooking, did you? No, no, no. I did I did the officey sort of stuff. So I worked in e-commerce, mm-hmm. um, which because there was an element of marketing in that, I think that helped with, with the one pound meals thing that I was doing because obviously it's an Instagram account. I need to grab people's attention. Uh, and, and it's online, it's digital, so I understand photography, I understand Photoshop, and I understand advertising and stuff like that. So it, it all helped, and even the science helped, because, I mean, at the end of the day, cooking yeah. is science. It is mixing some stuff together. Well, yeah, look at Heston. <laughs> yeah. I'm probably the polar opposite to him, though, as a chef, though. Uh, he, he, he really does go into the minute detail. Now, his cooking is definitely unapproachable, and, uh, and, and, and people aren't cooking that on weekdays no 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 that's i, I only cook heston on saturdays, <laughs> on saturdays <laughs> that's my rule yeah. you need a full 24 hours yeah i've yeah. got to get the gold leaf in yeah yeah <laughs> um is there resistance out there from chefs and other cooks to what you're doing i not not especially i just think the way that they cook, they like to spend more money and that's how they feel comfortable and that's how they show off their talents. Um, and I think because I'm doing it on the cheap, they're not as into it. So, like, imagine if you were a really good artist. I'm basically doing stick drawings. But <laughs> delicious stick drawings. But delicious stick drawings. Maybe let's say I'm a graffiti a Stick drawings artist. that we can all do. Yeah, exactly. And you can go home and you can recreate, recreate these stick drawings and feel good about yourself. Uh, and, and I think that's what it is because... Someone like Heston, I mean, he, he's doing some amazing work. He, he's painting stuff like the Mona Lisa in, in, in food terms. Um, so, so he's going to think what I'm doing is a little bit like a stick drawing, but that, that's, that's what I'm yeah, into. But, but at the same time, you're reaching more people. You're inspiring people to cook in a way that he probably isn't. Like, it's a yeah. different, very different experience watching a Heston cooking show. Yeah, I'm coming away and I'm I'm wowed and I'm kind of in awe, but I'm not thinking I can't wait to try that. 
Exactly, right. exactly. And that's what Jamie did. Jamie was the pioneer yeah. um, in, in making food accessible and inspiring people to cook. Um, but but you, need, you need the Hestons of this world because they're pushing, yeah. pushing the world forward. Um, but I'm sort of bringing the stragglers up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy to be one of your stragglers. Yeah. Uh, what's your, the favourite of your one-pound meals? Favourite of my one-pound meals is probably my chicken katsu curry um, because that's got a special place in my heart because that was the meal that sort of started it all off for me. I had the Instagram account. For some random reason, I got 50,000 views and then the Daily Mail wrote about it. And then because the Daily Mail had written about it, this morning got me on to cook as I was cooking with Ruth and Eamon this chicken katsu curry and then off the back of that I got my book deal. So it was all, I owe everything to this chicken katsu curry. And I think the, the reason, or, or part of the reason that the katsu captures people's imagination is that you do just think, well, no, you, you can't do that for a pound. Like you do, you kind of, that doesn't, it feels like it's too, it's too difficult. Definitely. Um, especially that style of cuisine seems mm. out of reach to people. Like the, the, the fact that it's got breadcrumbs on it, like, no one's breadcrumbing stuff at home that that isn't massively into cooking. No. Like that's a step too far for most people. But I I, I made it approachable and and, and accessible. Like, I was like, look, it's really easy. You just whisk up an egg, a little bit of flour, uh, and some breadcrumbs. Um, so I talk people through it, and they're like, well, maybe I can start breadcrumbing at home. Um, and then the sauce is a real massive shortcut. Um. And <laughs> I probably got a lot of hate from uh, from people that are making more authentic uh, katsu curry sauces, but it's the only way to make it at home for a quid. Um, so what are you sticking in your sauce? A little bit of flour. Yeah. A little bit of honey. Uh-huh. And then I sort of make like a roux with it. So it's sort of, it, it looks a little bit like Play-Doh. Yeah. The curry powder's in there as well. Yeah. And then add a little bit of water and then I start making this roux into a sauce and it makes it into like a thick sauce and then you put some soy sauce in it and then you get like a nice brown curry sweet sauce. Jobs are good. Yeah, exactly. Um, what are your top tips for, for people listening if they want to keep things inexpensive but fresh? If you're on a budget and you have to save money and food is, is one of your biggest expenses, then the number one tip is to plan your whole week. If you're not planning your whole week, then you're already at a disadvantage. So you need to get a bit of paper and you need to write the days of the week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and you need to write down exactly what you're going to eat on those days. And you need to start overlapping the ingredients. So if you're not going to use up all eight chicken thighs, then Tuesday is going to have to be a chicken thigh dish. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and you just go through your week like that. That's the number one thing. The, 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 the one stumbling block is people don't plan ahead. Do you think that your approach is helping people and changing their attitudes to food? Yeah, I, I think there's a lot of people that didn't believe they could do it that now do. So I get so many messages from people that, that were like, I literally used to never, ever, ever cook and I thought it was out of my reach and, and, and I didn't think I'd be able to do it. But you've made these recipes so easy and... And so, so accessible that, that, that I'm cooking all the time. Um, and, and people are really grateful for it because I'm not a snob. I don't look down on people for, 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 for stuff that they cook and stuff they want to cook and the ingredients they use. Um, everything's okay. Just, just, just cook from scratch. That's my one thing, try and cook from scratch. Do you now feel, have, having started this because it was just a game that you liked playing with yourself, do you now feel because it's got so popular, that you have a, like a responsibility 
to change people's attitudes to cooking. Yeah, I, I try and stay away from that. Like, that I do feel like there's a bit of a burden of responsibility that now people are looking to me to 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 educate and and stuff like that but it's not really what I'm about I'm about having fun so the idea about one pound meals is what's the most fun you can have for a pound because um, I'm not a particularly deep guy with, who talks about politics or, or wants to change the world. I literally just am having fun cooking some stuff and I don't really want the pressure of being the guy that's going to change the world with regards to cooking and stuff like that. I just have fun and it becomes infectious and people watch what I do and then they have fun doing the same thing as me and that's how I'm going to connect with people. I don't talk about politics I, I, I'm that's just, not your thing yeah i'm just uh, shallow and a bit of a fool and, a, and an idiot who has an instagram account and just has fun <laughs> but it's infectious exactly <laughs> exactly like and that's how you get people to do to do stuff and how, how you get them to cook your meals by not making it serious because eating on a budget can be serious there's some people that it's life or death mm. and, and and they will lose their house or this and that um, and there's other people out there that that's their position in the market is 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 the serious budget food but but mine's the fun budget food um but i definitely never i never want to be a serious guy no no i think that's probably for the best because you're not a serious guy (laughs) you're the fun guy (laughs) and then the fringe benefit is you are also helping people exactly that's it i'm a fun guy that helps people as a fringe benefit um but yeah i definitely don't i don't take it too seriously and uh and i don't want to change the world yeah that's a pretty good end i really enjoyed that miguel thanks so much for coming in and talking to us on the podcast uh, really appreciate it keep doing what you're doing thank you very much cheers who says you can't is presented by me rick edwards and brought to you by ee the uk's best network for the fifth year running five years it's just greedy if you've enjoyed this episode don't forget to give us a good or even great review five stars would be lovely and subscribe from wherever you get your podcasts so you can listen to our other guests and be the first to get updates. Until next time, goodbye.